We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Abner Mars is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sport commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics like the state of boxing, Abner's journey from a kid on the streets to boxing champion, other sports, music, culture, and family life. So listen to On the Hook with Abner Morris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English are out on Tuesdays. Episodes in Spanish are out on Wednesdays. That's On the Hook with Abner Morris, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Bear Cast, where we run you through all of the California Golden Bears news and fun tidbits that you need to know about. Today's podcast is brought to you by Indeed and Bet Online, but we'll get to that later. I have a very special guest on today. Um, the number one slot corner in the country, still, I still think he is, uh, Mr. Travion Beck. How are you doing, my man? Man, doing great. Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. You know, it's it's weird times, uh, but I know you're a Laker fan. I'm a Laker fan. We just won a championship <laughs> last night, so I am doing fantastic this morning. Um, what were your feelings last night? Like when when that clock, when we were up and the clock's ticking down, you know, LeBron AD walk off the court and you realize we're about to win a championship. Oh, my God. It, it was unbelievable. I was, I, I mean, I was ecstatic, like. Just, just to go out and see uh, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Caruso, Rondo, just going out to see them win number 17, it's, uh, it's like surreal, man. Like, I, I've been a Laker fan since birth. Like, literally, I, the first shirt on my body was like a little Laker jacket for babies. Like, That's awesome. It, it was so crazy, man. So, you know, I'm always rock with, uh, rock with the Lakers. It's been a very long, very long 10 years, and uh, – I'm just glad we're back, man. Black back on top where we're supposed to be. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I mean, I think that's a good enough pivot 
to actually start talking about the Bears because back on top is where we want to go. But just for the people listening, um, if you if you don't know who Travion is, which I don't know why you wouldn't, let's let's go through some of your uh, your 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 bio uh, on CalBears.com. We got. Let's see, Cal career, 2016 to 2019, played in 43 games with seven starts, but practically was a starter towards the end of your career at Cal. Contributed career totals of 77 tackles, five tackles for a loss, uh, half a sack, four interceptions, 10 pass breakups, 14 passes defended, one forced fumble, one quarterback hurry, and one kick return for 17 yards. I did not know you had a kick return <laughs> on your Do you remember this kick yeah, return? Yeah, North Carolina uh first game North Carolina 2018, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You got one kick return in your career. All right. Posted most of his season highs as a 2018 junior with 32 tackles, two tackles for a loss, three interceptions, seven passes defended and his lone career forced fumble. Had a career-high nine tackles for a loss, his lone career half-sack, and five pass breakups, as well as his quarterback curry as a 2019 senior, and his lone kick career kick return for 17 yards was in 2017 as a sophomore. So that's where it is. Yes. Uh, I mean, that's – I I think it's pretty clear. You're a fan favorite um, for those of us that have watched Cal football throughout this time. Um, I just wanted to get your – I guess first off, like – What's it been like just knowing that you're not like after your Cal career is over, you know, you you don't have the summer workouts. You don't like, was it a different transition for you? Like uh, leaving college and that football stuff? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, uh, it's my first year and, uh, I'll say, hold on, I'm 22, probably my first year in about 16 years where like, I didn't have like some type of, team activity going on right now because uh, I've always played sports my whole life and mostly football. So uh, it's definitely a big change right now. I mean, obviously, I'm still training and working out every day, but, I mean, it's not with the same structure of being with uh, my teammates. Yeah. I mean, I guess I wanted to ask you about that. Like, what's it been like for you? Because I know you were supposed to be a part of the pro day on campus, but with the pandemic happening and shelter in place – you know, that ultimately got canceled. Like, what was the process for you, like, leading up to that and then just knowing that you still had to prep, um, trying to, you know, get your spot to, to try your talent at the next level? I mean, uh, I, I was still still prepping every day, still working out every day. And uh, basically, you just have to really try to sell yourself uh, to teams. So you're trying to work your way from the bottom to the top just by really aggressively selling yourself, whether that's with you, whether – the agency you're signed, uh, you signed with, and it's uh, it's a pretty difficult process because I mean a lot of people didn't get pro days, so a lot of people uh, were doing the same thing that I was doing, and uh, you know there's this comes down to like this is hard times for everybody right now, and uh, yeah, we all we're all just trying to push through it, and uh, you know hopefully when this is all over, uh, we all just go back to normal and we all get a, another fair chance. Yeah, most definitely. I think uh, all of us are rooting for you to get that chance at the next level. So 49ers, if you're listening to this, <laughs> we know you need a defensive back. Got one on the podcast right now. Uh, but in the meantime, let's talk Let's talk a little about football because I want your unique take on uh, just what's currently going on. Because the team had this moment of, hey, we're not having football this year. And then now we're saying we have football this year. Like what's 
what's it like from a player's perspective to have that schedule just be so uncertain of and then being certainly told you that you're not going to have a season this calendar year and then for you to have to like turn that off and go into off-season mode and then about a month and a, like two months later tell you no football's back on and you have to turn on that you know readiness and preparation schedule yeah it's uh it's definitely very very difficult i mean going from uh to just relaxing and just hanging out with friends and chilling every day to immediately have to hit that on button and go right back to, you know, being focused and uh, dealing with football. I mean, it's that's definitely a big transition. But knowing my guys up in Berkeley, I mean, I, I've, I've visited them a few times uh, during this pandemic just to, you know, talk to them, make sure their head is clear. Uh, got the chance to go up to Berkeley a few weeks ago, actually, just to check in on them. And I mean, they've been working their butt off. I mean, you have a when you have a good culture set. Uh, I mean, you can you can really do anything. I mean, the sky's the limit. The uh, the biggest thing is just getting everybody on board. And you know, Coach Wilcox has really, like, even when I was there, he really instilled with a, uh, within us a great culture. So it was great just seeing them like still working out. Uh, you know, by themselves, social distancing, following all the rules, but you know, still being able to get that work in, uh, just being optimistic and uh, hoping that there will be a season. I mean, now they're ready. I feel like they're ahead of the curve. I mean, I don't know how many other teams in the Pac-12 are really preparing as hard as they were, but I feel like a lot of players on the team are physically ready. Got it. Um, I, You know, one of the questions that I had, uh, because I didn't play any sport at the level that you, you played at, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of talk about maybe having a football schedule come January, right? Like pushing it off to the spring. From a from an actual player standpoint, like how viable is that to have an actual like let's say six or seven game season, let's say that starts in January, and then you get you know the summer off, and then you have to turn around and play again come you know the end of August September. Like is is that asking too much of a player uh, from a body and, and physical standpoint? Um. I would say it depends. It depends on what type of staff you're with. I mean, I, I uh, with Coach Wilcox and up in Berkeley, I wouldn't say it would have been too hard because they're they're really good with management and managing their players. Like mm-hmm. we're we're not, they're not gonna like push our bodies to a limit. They're gonna make sure we're physically sound to play, but they're not they're not out there trying to kill us or hurt us or anything. Or have us run 200 play scrimmages or anything like that. No, they're just going to make sure we're learn like we're learning. They're going to make sure we're disciplined, and they're going to make sure we're doing everything right. As far as the season starting in January and then uh, restarting back up the next fall, that that would have been very far fetched. That's a lot of wear and tear on your body to go mm-hmm. go out and play eight games and then uh, come back again and play. What was it? Twelve games. Like, yeah, that, that's a lot of that's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So I'm glad they got you know this done uh, and got a deal done, and that they'll have these seven games. And I want to see my Bears do good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's talk about the Bears doing good. I, you know, we have a schedule now finally that we can talk about. We got November seventh, Washington at home to start things off. Then we got to travel to Arizona State on the fourteenth. Then we travel up to Corvallis in Oregon State on the 21st, come home to play the big game on a Friday 
uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Then we host Oregon on December 5th. Then we go to Washington State on December 12th. And then we have that seventh game, which is undecided because, you know, hopefully we'll be playing in the championship game right. on the 18th. So, but beyond that, um, like, what's your take on the schedule? Um, like, just the, the the Washington, like, starting off with Washington and playing all those games. Like, walk me through those opponents uh, okay. f- through your eyes. Okay, so you have, uh, first up, you have Washington. A uh, new quarterback coming into town, that's always... That's always uh, bad to do against the Cal defense. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I feel like that's going to be a game where we bring out a few wrinkles within our defense. Get a lot of interceptions and just keep playing hard. Um, Arizona State, that, that's a tricky one. Obviously, they have Jaden Daniels, a pretty solid defense. Um, lost some playmaking receivers, so that's. That's pretty good. I still think Cal, Cal sneaks out of there with a the win. That's going to be a hard-fought win, though. Uh, Oregon State, uh, you know, Oregon. We're, I, they upset us last year. I'm still very upset about that. So, <laughs> I hope I hope we really just run away with it this year. Yeah. Oh, Stanford. Got to bring that. Got to keep the X, man. Yeah. That, no, that's, that's no choice. <laughs> the only game on this schedule that really frightened me was Oregon. It's... I mean, I know a lot of their players are opting out for the draft. They have they have a lot of talent. They have some really good talent on that team. Uh, they're also very well coached. I mean, I know we were in a shootout last year uh-huh. uh, without our starting quarterback, without Chase. Yeah. Um, and you know, hopefully Chase will be back fully healthy again this year. Uh, that's going to be a. I want to watch that game. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that game really close. <laughs> that's going to be a good game. And then uh. Yeah, definitely gonna get the win at Washington State. So I, I mean, I like the way the schedule is set up. Uh, I don't know how they. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. But yeah, I like the way the schedule is set up. It's, I mean, it looks looks like it's gonna be action packed. Looks pretty fun. Uh, I would have loved to see a little SC or UCLA action on there, but yeah. But I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a good. It's a, it's a nice solid schedule. And I feel like uh, they're gonna perform well this year. I mean, you you brought it up, like you brought up that question about um, Arizona State. Like something about us playing in that state is something always is you know goes weird and and all that. Like, what do you think that is? Like, just like and from a player's perspective, like just you had four years at Cal. Like you've been to this. We've you've played in the state of Arizona a few times, including a bowl game, which of course you know is a cult classic now. Um, like what? What is it like? And do those do those like little like you know like the history and like how weird it gets in Arizona? Like, does that play into a mind of a player? You know, when you're like prepping that week. I mean, uh, I mean, coaches will always try to preach like, don't worry about statistics, analytics, things like that. Just go out and play. Yeah. Um. So we we really don't be thinking about it or trying not to think about it. But I mean, you're right. I mean, this is I don't I don't understand what's up with the Cow Bears in the state of Arizona, man. It's just. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't tell you. <laughs> I could tell you, but we have some wacky games there, whether it was versus Arizona a few years ago versus yeah. TCU. I just honestly cannot tell you. It's, it's it's crazy. But, I mean, hopefully they end that this year. Like, we ended two streaks these past two years and just, you know, get the W. I mean, that's all you can really do. Just go out there and fight till you get the W. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had some – some questions here uh, from, you know, our writing staff. 
and uh, our buddy Christopher H. He he does our uh, offensive previews, mm-hmm. which is where he previews the offense of the opposing team. So he thinks in in the eyes of our defense. Uh, he's got two questions that he wanted me to ask you. The first thing is, you know, he wants to. He basically he wrote. Uh, mainly curious how different it feels physically going into a season without a whole offseason of training. I think you kind of touched on that. Uh, but how does it? F- how about personally for you? And I don't need you to speak for for mm-hmm. everyone else, just for you. How how do you feel about playing schools and states with uh, just the coronavirus and the pandemic and it being handled differently in those states? Uh, you know, mainly we were just talking about Arizona, Arizona, and Arizona uh-huh. State. Yes. Um, from a player's perspective, like does. Does that play a little bit into how you prep? Maybe adds a little bit of of unknowing stress, uh, you know, to you mentally. Um, to a to an extent, I would say. I mean, yeah, we always want to keep our bodies safe. That's really the main thing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nobody want, obviously wants to catch this virus. Nobody obviously wants to be sick in the middle of a pandemic. So, I mean. Uh, for me, in particular, when I'm on that football field, everything else goes out of my mind. Uh-huh. So if, if I'm stepping on the field, I'm not thinking about the pandemic. I'm not thinking about a virus. I'm just thinking about how can I help my team win this game right now. And I guess that's the biggest thing for me in particular. Like I don't know how everybody else reacts to the situation. But, you know, when, when it's time to strap up the helmet and shoulder pads, I mean, I'm, I'm out there to win. I'm not out there for anything else. Yeah. Definitely. I can definitely see that happening. And then the other question he had, he's curious uh, what you think about artificial crowd noise that they've been doing in the NFL. <laughs> will it be will it be weird to play without crowd noise in a college game? Should the stadium blast noise at you on third down when a team is backed into their own end zone and situations like that, et cetera? Yeah, um, you can't you can't really. Uh, you can't really the artificial crowd noise. It doesn't seem like it works that well because you can't really fake that. Like, th- like a real crowd versus a fake one. You just fit like you feel it. Like, kind of gets your blood going. Like hearing people chant, hearing different things the fans are saying. You know, seeing people having fun. Like seeing people watching you. It, it's it's just different. You know, um, I. I don't know. I just feel like it's quite odd, but I mean, I feel like it's kind of necessary to bring some authenticity to the game, but I mean, it's still kind of odd to me, but you know, they have to do what they have to do. Yeah. I mean, on that note, like, let me ask you, what, what's, what was the, which stadium that you played in was the hardest stadium to play at just because of the crowd noise? Oregon. Oh my God. Oh my God. God, I hate playing that way. <laughs> like, like honestly, from a for you, like how what does that feel like on the field? Like how how loud does it get? Like it's uh, it's just Oregon has so many theatrics. Like they'll play music, people are dancing, random fireworks. The duck is irritating. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just so much that goes on. But it's like it 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 gets you excited too. It gets you pumped up for everything, and it's just a. Uh, you know, it's just like it's just it, it helps you be thankful that you're still playing football, man. That's really it. It's like you just look. Sometimes you just look around in the crowd and you just gaze, and you just think like, "Wow, like this is really life right now. Like this is what I'm doing," and you know that's a that's a good part of it. Yeah. Um, let's let's take a step back. Let's talk. Let's talk about uh, a couple years, like your junior and senior year. At Cal, you know, mm-hmm. that's your junior year is when the takers kind of took off. 
Um, and the se- your senior year, it kind of felt like, you know, opposing offenses were, were pretty much afraid to throw at you guys because of what you guys had done your junior year. And, you know, if you look at the statistics for you guys your senior year, it's definitely not as, you know, um, it's not as high as as they were your junior year. Right. Do you guys kind of feel like they, you know, teams knowing what you guys can do were more hesitant to throw at you? Uh, I, I would say to an, to an extent, I feel like our senior year, we were also hit with a, v- a variety of injuries. Uh-huh. Uh, I missed a few games. Ashton missed a few games. Jalen missed a few games. It was, we just kept getting bombarded with injuries. And, uh, that, that didn't really help us. I mean, I know we still had a great record, but I, I felt like our, our senior year was really the year to kick the door in. I mean, we had some really close games. Um, like some really, really close games that I feel like we could have snuck out with the win if everybody was healthy. And, uh, yeah, I feel like that that just played a big part, like a huge part in our success that year as well. I mean, two of the, the most marquee, like, wins for Cal fans your junior and senior year is, one is the breaking of the SC, yes. at the SC streak. Like, walk walk me through that. Like, being from L.A., and then going back and then beating, breaking that streak. And you, of course, with the the f- interception um, that was huge. Like, just walk me through your emotions, like that game. Um, just just a bit, like, unfiltered uh, what you were thinking. Oh, man. I, I had about, I probably had about 60 to 70 family members there. And I'm just, I'm just thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself the whole game, like, oh, my God, there's so many people watching me, like, being from LA and being a kid that played in almost every city in LA. I mean, I p- played pop winter football in Carson, Inglewood, Compton. I mean, it's just like, it, like you just, you just like, oh my god, like all eyes are on me. Like I'm back home. Like, I, I like I've always wanted to play here. Like it's just, it it was, it was just amazing. Like just to be able to go back into that stadium. I mean. We're down 14 at halftime. You know, a lot of talking going on uh, between the locker rooms. You know, we just we just had to put our foot back on the gas because, I mean, we we knew we had the talent. We knew we could do it. We just had to put our foot on the gas that game. And we just needed our playmakers to make plays. And, I mean, that's really it. So our playmakers went out and made plays. We had Vic Warden. Chase was gaining his confidence as the game was going. Um, I had a nice interception. Cam had some nice pass breakups. I mean, so once we started to lock in, it, it, I mean, it just changed the tide of the whole game, and that's, I mean, it was just amazing. <laughs> that's all. That's all I can really say. <laughs> it was just amazing, man, getting that win. Like, what was what was the locker room feel like? Just because you you guys you guys probably knew like how long that streak was, and for to get that win at that, and then do it not even at home, but do it at the Coliseum. It uh, getting that win was. It, it like we were all excited, man. I mean, I, like I say, about at the time, maybe about forty percent of the team was from like the L.A. area or the Southern California area. Yeah. So it was everybody's like, wow, like because I mean, let's be honest, we all we all grew up like you grew up in Southern California, like you grew up watching USC. I mean, right, right, right. Yeah, you had the Reggie Bush era, Matt Liner, Lindell yeah. White, like. You just had so many great players, and you're like, "Wow! Like, I want to play there one day." And then you go to the school, to a school up in the Bay Area, and now you have to play against them. So, 
it, it was just, it just felt good, especially like losing to them the last few years. It just felt good to finally get that win. Yeah, because you guys knocked on the door, you know, a few times in in breaking that streak, and you know, and then finally to do it. I mean, I know a lot of people that that cried uh, <laughs> at the stadium, you know, when you guys won. So you know, you know how much that means to this fan base. Yes, I definitely, uh, I cried as well. So <laughs> I definitely dropped a few tears. Oh man, I mean, and then let's talk about the other one. Let's talk about let's talk about bringing the axe back home. Like, what? You know what? What? What was the? Just walk me through like that week, uh, getting the axe back, or like the game, and then closing out on that final drive uh, where you guys stopped them and got the ball back after Chase, you know, took the lead. Um, like, what was it like just uh, being there? It was. I mean, we throughout the week we were like we were not trying to be so tense. We weren't trying to make it like oh this is. You know, I mean, obviously it's Cal versus Stanford, but we were just trying to treat it like it's another game. We're going to go out, we're going to execute the game plan, and we're going to win. And that's, I mean, that's essentially what we did. I mean, we came out. um, They struck first, obviously, with a very long, deep ball. And um, after that, we were like, okay, we're going to lock back in. You know, we've come back from down before. We're going to lock in. We're going to make some great plays. I mean, Daniel Daniel Scott came in and made a diving interception. Like yeah, like oh my god! Like we just we just made some great plays. Jayhawk with the one handed interception. Right. It's like we we came out and did what we had to do. I'm still very upset with Coach Wilcox to this day for not calling a timeout on my interception. But it's okay. <laughs> but but it's okay because we won the game. But I was, he knows I'm still very upset with him to this day. But it is it is okay. But you know, we just we're just gonna we just we had a great game plan in place and we just came out and made more plays than they made. And our defense stepped up and Chase played out of his mind and we just did great and we got the W and it was just feels great to get the axe back. It's like I I've been here for four years and ended two streaks. Like it, it's great. Like I've ended two streaks. Uh, we beat SEC teams. I mean, we went to North Carolina and won. It's just, I mean, it was a great four years at Cal. Like, unforgettable. Like, definitely unforgettable. Like, we just, we had the time of our lives. And, you know, I'm just just happy. I'm just happy I got to experience that. I mean, so, take me, just to take a step back, like, take me back to the Stanford game. We had just won. And, like, what do you remember? Like, do you just remember, like, the fans just rushing on the field and all of a sudden you're in this huge mosh pit, oh, like, jumping man. up and down? Like, what what was that from your perspective? Oh, man, we just – I just remember taking so many photos. I, I don't know how many <laughs> – I don't know how many people have photos with me, but I was taking photos for forever. I missed the whole post-game speech that Coach Wilcox gave in the locker room. Me, me and Jayhawk were on the, me and Jayhawk were on the field for like maybe forty five minutes to an hour after the game ended, just taking pictures and talking to people and just being with our family. It was, I mean, oh, uh, that's all I remember. That's it. I just remember so many people around us, and it was, I mean, it was great. It was great. I guess the, I guess the thing I got asked, did you, but did you get a picture with the axe? Yeah. Wait, did I take a picture with the axe? <laughs> 
I think I did. Oh, I did. I did. I did. Okay. Once, I, once I went back to the locker room, I definitely got a picture with the axe. Yeah, because I was gonna say if you took if you took that many photos for an hour, like you gotta at least get a picture with the thing that you won. You know, not just with people and right. fans, which is great. But you know, you need some some memor- memorable photos too. Right. <laughs> definitely got one with the axe. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Um, with that, let's uh, let's dive into some uh, questions from from fans for you. We got a uh, got one from uh, Phil Snow on Twitter. He says, uh, "Who is the most difficult wide receiver to cover on the team? So on our team." Um. And Def- who was and who was the most difficult wide receiver out of the opponents that you had to cover? Um. Oh, on our team, definitely one hundred percent. It uh, it's kind of it's a toss up. It's a toss up. It would either most difficult to cover. Uh, a Nico, definitely Nico. Nico. Yeah, Nico Remigio. I mean, he's uh. Cause you know me, I'm I'm very smart in uh in the game of football, so I, I know a lot of different things. I pay attention to a lot of different things, and Nico is just as smart. So he'll see what I do as well, and he'll start to you know find counters as the same way I would do to him. Yeah. So one so one on ones in practice with me and Nico would would like get everybody excited. It's like okay, like let's see what happens here. Like he's he's smart, he's fat, like he's like. He has deceptive speed. Like he's actually pretty fast. Like he can he can separate really well, and he has he's a great route runner too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I say it would definitely say it was Nico. What about out of the opponents? 
Is there anyone that just memorable to you? I would say not particularly as a route runner, but this guy was definitely the hardest to keep up with. I'd say uh, Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. Uh huh. He's a great player. He's definitely a playmaker. Um, yeah, he was just. I mean, he wasn't the best route runner, but I would really have to stay on him close because the ball in his hand, he's, he was very dangerous. So that was that was probably definitely my toughest matchup of my career. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we got Shrey asking, um, what was the most interesting or difficult to read offense that you've come up against as a Cal corner? Oh, I would probably difficult to read offense. Who just straight up gave us trouble? The, for me in particular, it had to be Ole Miss again. It was that yep. Ole Miss 20, uh, 2019. Yeah. Uh, because I was – so they ran a art. They ran an RPO offense, and mm-hmm. I was their read guy every time. And I was trying to stay attached to Elijah Moore as much as I can because they're they're reading me. And every time they would read me, it could either go to Elijah Moore or Matt Corral can run the ball. So it was like I was I was kept constantly getting put in a bind to where I would have to choose one, and I would choose Elijah Moore every time. And Matt Corral would just keep breaking for like twenty yard runs and ten yard runs, and I'm like, okay, we, I have to figure out what to do. Like, I have to just figure out, like, how I can play the both of them. And it start towards like the second or third quarter. I started, I started figuring figuring it out, and that's when we started slowing them down. So that was that was pretty good. I like I like their offense. I mean, I guess talking about that, um, you know. I have a additional question from that is because when when Jake when Jordan Kanasich, uh right before he left for the NFL he did like this sit down film review uh, with a lot of the beat writers and we were talking he was just showing us tape and stuff and we asked him you know if there was any game that was super memorable and the one that he uh, said to us was I'm not sure if we can bring up the name of the team but I'm sure you'll you'll remember which is. He said there was one team where you guys knew exactly what play they were going to run bef- like when they got to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> like there was one game. And I, I, I know what team it is, but I just I'll – dis- I'll, I'll decline to say it. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what was, what was that like from your end? I mean, JK told us his side of the story, but from, from you guys on the back end, like – and what was that like just right. knowing – that you knew every play that they were going to run. And how did that even come about? Like, how did you, was it from the tape that you watched? Like I, I, for, for the DBs, I spent a, probably a good four hours one day with, uh, coach shoe, who was our, uh, who was, uh, one of the GAs on our team at the time. And we watched four hours of their film. And we, I mean, they, they just do their signals right in front of you. So it's like, why not? Why not use them? <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we see it right there on the tape, so it's like, why not? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, why not? Like they're right there. <laughs> so it's like every time they came to the line, like we we knew what play they were running, like to an extent. Like we knew we knew what one side of the field was doing, so we had to just I guess kind of play guess 
with the other side of the field. But I mean, all plays are like mirrored of each other. So it was it was crazy. That, that was a crazy game. But was it? I mean, did you see like? Do you notice confusion in the eyes of the opponents? Like yeah. just because they were like, "What the hell?" Like how do they know we're, what we're doing on that side of the field every single time? I, yeah, I just don't understand how they didn't know. I'm like, you guys are like, <laughs> you guys are showing us the play. Like, like it was, I mean, you know, I, we'll take it. <laughs> From a player's perspective in, in that sort of game, like, do you get a little bit more relaxed? Because you're, you don't have, you're not as tense, like, pre-snap, right? Because you already kind of know what's going to be happening on one side of the ball. Right, yeah. Right. So it's like, if you're on the opposite side of the ball, like, if you're on the opposite side of the field, you're just like, oh, crap. But you know what? One, <laughs> one side of the field, we know we know what we have going. So, I mean, that was always good. That's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I always wanted to ask some of the guys uh, of that game, um, and just because Jordan brought it up with us, but we weren't we weren't able, ever able to talk about it. But you know, since most of you guys who played that game, I think are you know either still like are about to graduate or have graduated, so we definitely start talking about it a little bit. All right. <laughs> Oh man, I mean, I guess there's a, I guess the thing we can kind of just like end with a little bit. You talked about, you know, how you were in Berkeley a few weeks ago, and I, if I'm, if my memory serves me correct, um, the the there's a video of you when you got your Cal offer. Oh uh, yeah, of you running around <laughs> <laughs> like crazy. Uh, and I think that's the moment a lot of Cal fans knew that we wanted to have you, you know, on the team, like as a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but was your experience here like everything you expected? Just because you had so much joy on that tape as soon as you got that offer, right? Yeah. Uh, so, like, yeah, you're, you're, you know, just looking back at your four years, like, was it everything you expected it to be? Was it more? Um, did you – I'm assuming you wanted to accomplish more on the football field. Uh, yeah. But just overall, uh, you know, every every college experience has its ups and downs. I mean, we went through a lot of change in these four years. I mean, obviously coming in, uh, you know, with Sonny Dykes and then transitioning to Coach Wilcox. I mean, it was definitely a lot of change. But I mean, overall, I, I love Berkeley. Like I love the Bay Area. It's very, 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 very different from Southern California and LA County, but. Overall, I mean, I loved it. I loved the scenery. I loved the people. Um, I mean, I love I love going to school there. Like, I feel like, you know, I talked to a lot of my other friends about like schooling because you know I'm kind of like I'm a big school guy as well. So I, I talked I talked to my other friends about schooling and that such, and you know, just hearing their stories about their professors and how they're graded and things, and then you know, going back to my experience at Berkeley, I'm like, you know, like I kind of kind of love Berkeley, like. Like I loved the professors, I loved the lifestyle there. Like it was, it was a great time overall. Uh, I guess, oh, I the one I wanted to ask you is, or the two things I wanted to ask, as we end, as we wrap up here. First thing is, what are your go-to places to eat when you come up here? Like, what were, what are some stalwart places? I know, like Coin Dang. You know, I tweeted at him because his photos of him with his body change came up, and I asked him what what he's been eating because I want to get on that diet immediately. Um, and he had he listed off a bunch, and he also included included two Korean restaurants, which I'm all for since I'm a Korean American. Uh, but for you, like in Berkeley, like what 
what are the places you always have to go or like you always ate at when you were a student? Um, definitely Blondie's, which is now called Abe's. And, uh, oh my God, what's the place on Telegraph? Not on Telegraph. No, it's on Telegraph. What's that? Huh. You know what I'm talking about? The little sit down place on Telegraph? I don't know. I don't know why I'm having a mind blank right <laughs> what now. What type of food was it? It was, uh, they had, uh, oh, pasta bene. There we go. Pasta bene. There okay. we go. Pasta yeah. bene. That, that, that is my, pasta bene is my favorite spot. Like 10, 10 out of 10. Definitely my favorite spot. I love pasta bene. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, that was the go-to for me. That was your go-to? Yes, definitely. The last thing I wanted to ask is I had Chase Garbers um, on the podcast about a month ago. And I asked him, who is the best 2K or Madden player on the team? He said uh, there's a couple on the team right now. But he mentioned you. He said he said you're. It's he's no longer on the team now, but Travion is, was really good. Um are you the self-proclaimed, or are you? Have you been tried and tested? Are you the best Madden 2K player out of the last four, five years? I have definitely been tried by many, 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 many people, and yet I am still the undefeated champion on the UC Berkeley campus. I just, I, I know nobody can stop me. I feel like you know, I, I feel like I'm the best D coordinator and offensive coordinator out there. <laughs> and you know, uh, I'm just I'm just pretty good at Madden. Like I know what I'm doing. I know what plays to call, and uh, I've good stick work. And you know, I, I really take pride in being a great Madden player as well. So uh, yes, I mean, many many have come, many have tried, and nobody has succeeded. <laughs> so it, until somebody succeeds, I will go down as the best Madden player in Cal football history. I mean, I, I, I can't beat that. I think that's that has to be the way we end it. Yes. <laughs> that we, that, uh, that is probably, possibly the best close there is. That's it for us here on the Golden Bear Cast. Uh, if you're listening to us, you already found us, so I don't need to tell you where to find us. But you can find us on Twitter at uh, Golden Bear Cast. You can find me at Rob11HWAMG. Trey, where, the, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hey I'm Trey T R A Y, and you can find me on Instagram at TreyBeck22. And that's it for us from the Golden Bear Cast. And as always, go Bears. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.